Oh, there you are. Didn't see you there. <laughs> Here we are, another episode of The, the cool, cool Kids, Kids Table. Table. I am one of your hosts. My name is Spiro Marcos, and I am the co-executive producer of Nico Frank Productions over here with my best blonde, beautiful friend, Maggie. And other co-executive producer, I'm Maggie Politi, and we are here with our beautiful, Mm, talented... So handsome, so talented, such a superstar. Keep it (laughs) coming. Willie D. Hot mess of a person, Willie D. In the house. Willie D, we love you. Oh, Willie D, I am the owner of Loving You Productions. I'm here producing this podcast with these two amazing artists who are sharing their gifts and talents with the world. And we couldn't do it without them, honestly and truly. We loving you, Willie and D. Loving y'all more. <laughs> and today on the podcast, we have special guest, casting director, Rachel uh, Reese. Rachel Reese. This was such an interesting episode. It was. Because let me tell you, sometimes you just need the perspective from the other side of the table. Yes, I agree. I had two auditions that day, and so sitting here and listening to her, I was like, oh, it may not be anything about me. It changed the game for me. Yeah, absolutely. so... I think this is an episode that a lot of actors are going to really yes, want to tune into. absolutely. For sure. I definitely learned a lot. And I've known Rachel for years and years and years. Uh, uh, we dated. Hashtag when I was straight. And we'll hear more about that. We'll hear more about that. Uh, in this episode, I talk all about our relationship uh, and, you know, how we've stayed best of friends. And now she's moved on to very large things and she's casting for a huge huge casting company in her New York City. Her resume is amazing. Her resume is amazing. And she's nowhere near done. And she's, no. No, she's just she's beginning. Just getting started. And one of the things I really liked about having her on here is she really seemed like a crusader for actors. It seemed like she was doing this profession because she loved actors. She wanted to see them succeed. She understands a lot about the business and so I think it's nice for actors to always hear that there are people in the room that are wanting to oh, yeah. that are rooting for yeah, you. I want you and, to win. Yeah exactly. Yeah she, she's such a cheerleader yeah sometimes you walk into a room and you don't feel like anyone's on your side and one of the things she talked about is like you know moods sometimes people are in different moods and it has nothing to do with you so i think this is going to be it's really going to hit home for a lot of people yeah so definitely a listen up it's really really good um and we're really excited about it uh one thing we also love to do uh, we love to lead every episode with a random fact of kindness. Um, the idea is we just want to remind y'all that there are kind people in the world and that this business can be crazy sometimes. And uh, we hear a lot of diva stories, horror stories, but there are amazing stories out there of people in this business being extremely kind. For ex- uh, So here we are. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a random go fact go of go kindness. Yeah. Random facts of kindness. So I actually have one for today. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I actually found one about Christian Bale, um, who we all know and love. He's so handsome. He's so handsome. I love him. Um, So he, you know, Batman, uh, as we know. Um, So uh, a couple years ago, there was a boy named Jaden Barber. Um, Jaden was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and he posted it to his Facebook page. Now, mind you, a child um, posting about terminal cancer. That's horrific. It must be so scary. So My sad. heart goes out to his entire family. Um, so he indicated that like his one thing was that he wanted to meet Christian Bale. Of course, um, you want to meet Batman. Yeah, but like, who doesn't want to meet Batman? Yeah. Who does oh meet but you know, like just putting it out yeah. there, and this kid did, and you never think these people are going to see it. But lo and behold, Christian Bale saw this post on Facebook, got this family flown over to L.A., Aww. put them up for an entire week in a great hotel, all that stuff, and then at the end of it. 
took a trip with them to Disneyland. Wow. You're kidding. That's amazing. The other thing that I love about this story, not only about this kid who got this time of his life, not thinking about cancer, just enjoying his day with Batman, is that Christian Bale didn't post about it. He wasn't doing this as a publicity stunt, like, right. look what I did, look what I did, because people didn't even know it happened until a week later when the family finally posted about this amazing weekend with Christian Bale, and that's how people found out about wow, it. Wow, that's incredible. That's I hope he's doing okay. Uh, well, funny you should ask, Maggie. Uh, he actually, lo and behold, I was I kept doing a little bit of research. Um, he went into remission. Oh, great! And now That's he has beat the cancer. So oh, Batman, <laughs> saved Batman the day. cures <laughs> cancer. Batman can cure <laughs> cancer. Saved the day again. So, um, oh, that yeah, is Christian so Bell. sweet. Isn't I that love, amazing? I absolutely love hearing things like that. That is just amazing. When you when you have that kind of platform, if you're not doing things like that, thank you. You really need to like look, think again, because that is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Especially if you're so you're blessed so much in your life, you got to give back. That's yeah, and that's great. what we want to. We definitely like that's one of our our themes is just leading with kindness, um, and we just we just love it. And even so, our intention for oh, the day. We love we Willie and his intentions. Give it to us. Give it to me, Willie. So that's the thing is, I, I love, we now have this podcast platform. And you like do. you said, we if you're just doing it just to have a platform, you need to rethink things. So we always want to go with an intention, a purpose, a goal, an aim. Like, why are we having this guest? What are we talking about? And today's intention is trusting your gut. Trust Especially your gut. as like a casting director. She has to trust that she knows the work. She knows what is required. And she knows... She has to hold her own in the room when it comes to opinions. So. That's amazing. I love that because it's not, you know, yeah, she is a casting director and, and she talks about that a lot, but she's been through a lot, this girl. She's made a lot of huge life changes in her life that she was completely afraid of, but she really went with her gut on it. And I can't wait for you guys to hear about it because it's just, oh my God, it's so That's inspiring. That's inspiring. It really, really is. Um, so let's, so ladies and gentlemen, listen to this episode, go out there, always remember to trust your gut. And enjoy The Cool Kids Table with Rachel Reese. It's The Cool Kids Table. They were never the cool kids. So they just bought a table. Now it's The Cool Kids Table, yeah. Looks like a coaster's only table to me. Welcome. Hello. Oh, now we're here. We're here now. Hello we and are. welcome uh, to the Cool Kids Table. Uh, we have a very special guest with us today. Someone who I love and adore, Rachel, Rachel Reese. Reese. Ooh, that sounded nice. Yeah, you like the way we <laughs> yeah. did that? We did it together. Uh, we do a lot together. We like uh, to surprise our listeners when we like all of a sudden say things at the same time. Time. Oh, it's very damn. NPR. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're we're welcome. really we're trying to be more like NPR. Um, just because they have money. Um, but other than that, we're happy to have you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for being here. You you work all day. How was your day? Yeah, how was your day? My day was good. Yeah, it was manageable, which it's usually either... It's usually the really busy side, so today felt nice. Okay, nice. you got to breathe a little bit today? I did. Cool, 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 cool. I read up on some... Sex cults and stuff. Cool. What, what, what about what about sex cult? What are you talking about? I was listening to the podcast about Nexium, and I got I went down the rabbit hole. Nexium? Not the pill. Not, it's not a pill. It's um the sex cult I that love was in Brooklyn with Allison Mack from Roswell. Really? Yeah. Oh, there's a podcast about it. What's it called? It's called Uncover, but. I'm late to the game because it's season one and uncovers already on season three of other stories. Oh, wow. But go back and listen. Very interesting. I love it. She was arrested, right? She was, and she just changed her 
plea yesterday from not guilty to guilty. Oh my Ooh. goodness. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah. Ooh. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm listening to To Live or Die in LA right now. Have you heard of this one? Mm-hmm. So this one is a true crime podcast that is uh, about a girl who went missing in LA and it's literally happening as we speak. She she was uh, kidnapped. Don't. She disappeared on February 24th. So like we are literally like we are here for it and we are figuring out everything and it's a, an investigator and an, uh, a journalist who are doing all the research and like finding the people. It's crazy. You guys are cool with this being like a true crime episode, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. could just go. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Has well, anyone seen the time. act? What we'll the stop act? Stop after this, but the act. I, I'm, about I Tipsy Rose Blanchard. I saw the HBO documentary. Yes, very good. I th- I found that very fascinating. But now there's <laughs> very good. A, the act is incredible. Like just oh, the way that they, they they're doing it exactly in time. Everything's pretty much true, supposedly. What else? What else do you like? So I mean, good. we're here. We're on a podcast. What other podcasts do you love? Let's like make a few recommendations. Let me let me pull out my phone. Um, I'm a big Reply All fan. Okay, big Reply fan All. Of that. Okay. On the true crime spectrum, Sword and Scale is really good, but. Mm. I, Maybe you shouldn't say this. You might have said it, but apparently the guy who runs it's a total asshole. Oh, that's um, But sorry, know, not supporting happens. you. This American life, duh. Duh. We have enough rude men out there. We do. You know? This is we're gonna celebrate the nice women instead <laughs> of the right. rude men. Um, fresh air when I'm feeling sixty. Okay. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> and criminal, I really like. Criminal. Well. So you're really into podcasts. I'm really. That's into nice. I'm really into it too. Yeah. Do you listen to the Armchair Expert, Doc Shepard? I do, but it depends on the guest for me. Mm. Yeah, because it's long. Yeah, it is. It's a long conversation. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm way into it. Obsessed, if you will. Uh, I listen to all of them. I don't care who it is. I listen to it. I'm into it. I love it. Kristen. Yeah, she's the best. Like K Bell. Yeah. Uh, that was a love good her. One. I did hear that one. Well, let's uh, let's dive right in. Enough yeah, about true crime. Let's dive right into your relationship. Yeah, let's talk about us for a minute. You know, so Rachel Reese is a casting director uh, at Liz Lewis Casting Partners. But before that, Rachel Reese was my friend, confidant, and girlfriend. Uh, we had met. Well, why don't you talk about it first of all? Um, why don't you talk about our relationship for a second? Well. Um, we met in middle school. We sure did. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Um, which I have to say, it's cool that this is the Cool Kids Table podcast because I feel like fifth and sixth grade, there was one time where, I forget who it was, but some kid was getting punished for like being an ass in lunch. And as punishment, he the teacher sat him at my table. Oh, <laughs> wow. So, you know, and that's the thing. Circle, so everyone. we were never the cool kids. So, like, <laughs> that's the whole theme of this. We just bring the cool now. We just bring people here, and that becomes the cool kids' right. table. So you've nailed it on yeah. the head, actually. So thank you for that plug. Sure. Um, but, yeah, so we met in seventh grade. You were very into soccer and tennis. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Naturally. Right. <laughs> I was very into horseback riding and yeah. theater. Um, I don't remember how we met. So- we meet, meet, met in seventh and eighth grade, but you're, you were friends with some people, and they were a little a little frustrating, so I didn't... I didn't catch it right off the bat, you know. I didn't like so catch many that spark. So people are gonna be mad at you when this. I didn't say on. any. I didn't say any names, but and I love them all now, for the record. Um, but uh, then we we got into an argument. It, uh, oh no! Okay, fast forward to high school, right? You're into theater. I we're oh, freshmen. We were in drama class yes. Together. 
We're into theater. Freshman year, I end up in your uh, Once Upon a Mattress. Were you in but that? But I got you into the shows. But Tony, so... So you were casting even back then. That <laughs> That's so sure. funny. I ended up in Once Upon a Mattress. That's how I f- fell in love with the theater program. That's how I like fell in love with you and everything. Um, we dated going in, uh, in sophomore year. We finally like cut the cord and dated. Uh, what and- was he like as a boyfriend? Uh, he bought me a Louis Vuitton bag. I sure did. Oh my goodness! <laughs> what did I put? What did I put? What did I put in that Louis Vuitton bag? So, I was really mad at him because he, on Valentine's Day, when we were a couple, he went to Paris with a mutual friend of ours yeah. who was like one of his best friends, and I was like, "You're leaving your girlfriend on Valentine's Day to go to Paris?" Rude. Dude. So, um, when he got back, I, I guess it was our, was it holidays or? Our, well, it was our anniversary. anniversary. It was like the next day. Oh, so you got, got the back. bag in Paris. Sure did. So. <clears throat> Authentic. Wow. Yeah. I still have it. Um, so he came over, brought me breakfast in bed. Sure did. Aww. On the little tray, because mm-hmm. he had a tray, and I think with flowers and the whole mm-hmm. deal. Oh, you're so um, sweet. There was a Louis Vuitton bag, and inside were tickets to see Aida. Aida. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, you went all out. Twist, hot twist. So I'm like, oh, that's so sweet, that's so nice. And then he said, look at the tickets and get dressed, and they were for that night. And then uh, about an hour later, a limo came <gasps> and brought us. Oh my god. Yep. So we went to New York City in a beautiful limo and we went to go see Aida. Oh, I mean, it was just the best. I mean, I was, you know what it was? I was such a hopeless romantic. Like, I loved love even back then. And I was a very good boyfriend. I just, I love Rachel. I still do. Like, we have so much love for each other. I I don't date females anymore. And we ended our relationship before I even came out but so she didn't turn me um if anyone was thank wondering thank you for making that i just want to clear I feel that like up. i've had to answer that question many times yeah oh, rachel did ew. not turn me gay uh but i, because d- I no did love one her does. no one does i was gay the whole time i was with her and he so, dated other girls after me i sure did just to specify <laughs> just, just to make that clear just in um, case. but yeah and i love rachel and and we've been very close ever since but pretty much we broke up uh we got into a little argument um, but then we ended up doing a fine and performing arts school program together, and we had to be on the same van. So literally. So we must have dated freshman year because we got into FX sophomore. Junior, uh, junior you, year. Junior okay. year. Right. Yeah. So sophomore year we dated. We broke up. <clears throat> to summer. try to make me not mad at him anymore, he bought me a shirt. Yeah. And gave it to me in front of the whole class, so I couldn't be like, "I still think you're an asshole." Yeah. I had to be like, "Thanks." Yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> I you really did try. Gifts. I I'm really glad. I'm gonna see how long it takes for me to get a Louis Vuitton first. You're gonna have to work really hard I'm for that. I'm the closest thing to your current. Girlfriend. You are. You really are. You're my wife. You're my work wife. My love wife. But um, so we, yeah, we did date. We had a, a falling out because of. I feel, was that your friend's reason? Why did? It doesn't matter it why doesn't we broke matter. up. I, uh, I remember so little of these details. Yeah, me too. Like, I barely... But I do remember dating you and loving you and having a great time with you. And another great thing about Rachel is Rachel really... In, uh, she fueled my f- uh, flame for my love of theater. 
um, she took me to see shows and I wasn't really, my parents weren't really taking me to shows, but she knew I loved them. And when she would, her mom would like get a ticket for me often and I would get to go see shows with them. And that really means a lot to me because I mean, I saw Tick, Tick, Boom with you. I'll never forget that. I've seen Rent with you. We've seen like obviously Aida together. Um, But some of the shows that you're in town, um, some of the shows that really shape my full range of theater love comes from Rachel. So I honestly owe my love of theater to Rachel. Oh, I that's really, really do. Sweet. Truly, honestly, and truly. So thank you. You're and obviously, you always had a love for theater too. Yeah. So um, what was that like? Yeah. yeah. Is that what I was going to ask? Like, is that what drove you to Telsey? Them being such a theater-dominated office. Um. Well, I was a big theater fan growing up. Like, just total theater nerd. I, ha- I remember I had the Broadway calendars that they would Aww. sell from. Yeah. And now looking at it in the industry, I'm like, what was I doing? Yeah. But I'm glad the money goes to a good cause. Yeah, um, it sure does. So I was always a theater dork. Um, I was like president of the drama club, I think. So I was the one getting the rights to the shows and everything because right. our non-performing arts school had zero theater, yeah, none. basically. Um, and we went to both schools, uh, yeah, we did junior half year. Day. I transferred senior year, but um, you did. didn't. Uh, but we literally had to go to both schools during the day. But you couldn't do the shows at the performing arts center. You had to do them at your home school. So Rachel really wanted to make that something. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That being said, I would still use my other school as an excuse to cut class a lot and say, sure did. "Oh, I had rehearsals, so I couldn't make it back for that last class." Right. Of course. Yeah. But Our intern does that now, Georgia, if you're listening. Georgia, we always got a shout out, Georgia Bobo. Thank you. Our intern. Georgia That's very typical of you guys. Yeah, <laughs> Having a podcast her. and being like, our intern, our production assistant. Very my favorite murder. She Thank is you the so best much. Show. Thank you so much. We like to celebrate us uh, as but, often as possible. But, but were there a lot of men? Were, there are a lot of men working at Telsey. I mean, I'm sure back in the day, too, when you first started. But what was that like coming in? Were there a lot of women working there? Well, yeah. So I started working there because I started at University of Florida and was a theater major. Um, But we broke for summer break earlier than every other school. And so I got back home to New Jersey and was didn't want to work at Nine West like I did the previous summer. Mm. So um, I looked through all my playbills just saw that all of them had Telsey and company. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't really, I have a general understanding of what casting is, but I'll just call them. So I literally picked up the phone, called them, asked if they were looking for interns. They said that they were full for the summer, but because there was still a month or two before that to come in, I went for an interview the next day, started working the day after. Wow. Ended up there for two summers wow. in a row. Um, what was that like? Did you like that? That was a great job, eh? Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I I'm still sure you, love you everyone learned there. a lot there. Oh, yeah. Working at one of the leading casting offices for your first internship. Yeah, and it's really cool now being on the CSA board because I'm still there all the time and right. working with the same people. Um, but yeah, so I was there two spaces ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when they had just kind of started in started with movies. So they had they were just working on rent the movie one of the first jobs that i helped with was step up one which tells uh, you how long ago this was um and then so yesterday yeah you know so yeah classic. it was great it, it's a pretty actual 
actually even mix of male and female at Chelsea. Um, when the casting industry, I would say, skews female for sure. Mm. That's interesting. That Very is interesting. interesting. And uh, so you you were at Chelsea, and what? Why did you not get a job offer? What did you want to stay at Chelsea? Did you try and stay at Chelsea, or did you move on? And I was still in college, so mm. I was still going to school during the year. Um, but I will say my experience at Chelsea when I got back to the school I was at, I realized that what that school was teaching and kind of the theater program there didn't translate very well to the real world. Interesting. Um, which I may feel bad about saying, but okay. I, well, we've no, I mean, we've said before a lot, like my program for sure did not prepare anyone for right. what a real audition was like, not even close. Yeah. So. And it was more teaching kind of the philosophy philosophy behind it yeah. versus what the business Practical. aspect, yeah. which I think is what people really need to learn. Mm-hmm. So after that, I transferred to Boston University as a communications major. Tried some other stuff like PR and all of that. Um, but then as soon as I finished and got back to New York, I started casting. Hmm. I also remember just... Uh, that was a hard decision for you to make, to leave UF, to go to BU's, an amazing communications program. Um, I just remember that being like a tough decision. Like, do I go? Do I stay? Why did you make the move initially? Do you remember? Or? Um, it was a really tough decision. I had, I mean, some of my still best friends were from UF, UF and leaving them was awful. Yeah. But, and it's such a fun school. I mean, yeah. You don't yeah. even need to know anything about UF to know that. I went, I visited her at UF and <laughs> no. it was, she threw me a huge party. She literally Aww. had the entire theater department <laughs> throw me a party. They've never met me. <laughs> she literally was like, my friend Spiro's coming. We're all going to throw him a party. It's going to be George Salazar was there. Yeah. Hashtag George. Uh, and it was, it was just amazing. It was just such a There were a, a lot of hickeys at that party. Oh my God. So oh yes. Funny. Counted them. Yep. Seven hickeys. Yeah. It was great. That's that was sweet. Great. Um, so I tried transferred I think because I realized I wasn't learning much I knew at that point I didn't want to be an actor I wanted to be in the industry in some way so where could I go where I could take something new in and I think there's I think that's really brave because I think that a lot of times it's so much easier to just stay comfortable and like be around the people you know and just like stay where you're at because I know that like transferring is you have to apply again you have to do a whole thing but when you have a feeling in your heart that something isn't perfect for you and you like you think you might be better off somewhere else I, I don't know I always especially even though you're you are an adult at that point but you in that younger age to still know that you needed to change I think that's really cool I sometimes feel like I was braver then than I am now. I I do the same thing sometimes because I went to boarding school when I was 15 and I'm like, I can't believe I did that. Like, I didn't know anyone there, but I knew in my heart I had, I wanted to go, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's weird. I I went into it with no fear. Right. It's it's creepy. It's pretty amazing (laughs) how we're more fearless then. It's probably because we just have more coming at us now. I think for me, it's just like we had... It was very clear cut, like our path. I mean, yes, we can steer off and I didn't take the path, but it's everything's put in front of you for the most part. It's like you kind of just take the leap. But now it's like, which way do I go? Every time I stand at a road, I'm, I can go left, right, up, down, up, left, backwards. Yeah. I mean, the but whole But also world. we're at an age where like our, our decisions 
we have to like kind of sit and think about them. If, the, if you're really deciding, am I going to go right or am I going to go left? It's going to impact the rest of your life. And we're at a certain age. I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I think that when you're 15, 16, 17, you're like, you know, you just, you don't have that fear because you're not even worried about like. Yeah. You're more the lose. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. So you leave college. I graduated. I wasn't just like, uh, fuck this noise. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers to graduating, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yeah, and then you, I think I read that you were on the show Chopped, right? So my first job out of college was like a four-week freelance gig. And it was um, for real people search, a chef search. And I didn't know anything at that point I just right. graduated but I'm like hey it will be four weeks paid might as well do it can't hurt it's just four weeks and it will help me save up to move to the city that four weeks turned into like two years wow. and then yeah. um it was for a small show called Chopped we couldn't say what network it was gonna be on yet we couldn't say what the prize was gonna be because they hadn't quite figured that right. out yet so right. yeah was that then, cool, like starting a show from starting from scratch, finding the people that are going to cr- craft the storytelling that is the sh- a reality show? Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. It's challenging in the beginning because you don't, it's sales, basically. You have to say, you want to do this because, and also finding the right people. How do you find, like, did they send in videos of themselves cooking, or what was the... No, they would... Um, apply there was a whole application send resumes and then if they were skilled enough to meet based on their resume we did half an hour interviews with them because a big part of the show is not just cooking but be being able to vocalize why you made the decisions you made Mm -hmm. because a lot of people who do work with their hands that's their skill so being able to translate that into words. Yeah, talking difficult. about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. So did you ever have to go out? Did you have to do field research in order to find these people? Yeah, was traveling and eating or? was not bad. Yeah, yeah oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so what did you guys do? Like, were you just like, let's just go into some restaurants and see if we can meet some chefs? I'd walk right into kitchens, obviously between service times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of networking, the same way you would find someone for any job. Mm-hmm. It was just being in the right circles of people, being bold, getting on the phone, talking to people, being in the right place at the right time. Mm, wow. So reality casting, and you now you are with Liz Lewis. Did that happen after Chop, like right from Chopped, or was there? There's a, gap? a little bit of in between. So I. Did season one through 11 of Chopped. Um, And it started full time, but then became about six months out of the year I'd be working on it. So the other six months I'd be freelancing on other projects and really wanted to get back into the scripted world, which is where I started. So I started doing commercials, which is kind of the perfect medium between reality and legit work because you still need the acting chops that you would for a film or a TV show, but so much about, about being your authentic self. So having the skills from reality to pull that out, because that's what you're doing in the interview, as well as having the direction skills from the legit world kind of put me in this perfect place. So I started working on a bunch of commercials, 
and then started with Liz Lewis in 2011. Hmm. I have just one question just came to mind about Chopped. When you, was it crazy to look back at like what the audition process was like in the beginning versus what it was like on the 11th season? Like were the applications just so much, the, the competition was so much greater once it got to that towards the end of the show? Yes and no. I'd say the audition process was pretty much the same. Um, but we, I mean, now we get tons of applications. Right. Right. But it's still, most of the time, the people you want aren't the ones applying. So you still need to do that reaching sure. out. Yeah. Um, and it's like I, The Bachelor. I've heard a lot of times on The Bachelor, like people, they're found. The contestants are found. They yeah. don't actually apply. And they're all friends. That's how it is for most reality shows. If the people throwing themselves at it are doing it for the wrong reasons, for the most part. Mm. Um, so it's really about that extra outreach. And also because the show is so well known, now it can sometimes be harder to get people because, I mean, amazing chefs who have great reputations, why play the risk game of chat where really right. anyone can win That's they know true. how the show works now right. yeah so they'd rather be a judge so maybe yeah That's so very interesting, interesting. Yeah. And what 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 do you think about you Rachel Reese like what about you and your journey in your life do, do you think makes you good at casting because you say like a lot of it is finding the authentic person not everyone can see that not everyone can find that in everybody so what can you just talk about that like what what makes you, why you love casting, what, why you do it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, and this I think is somewhat unique to how I approach casting. I think a lot of casting directors have very specific visions and creative ideas, which makes them great. Um, what I really focus in on is being that mediator. And I've always been the mediator. I mean, Spiro can tell you, I'm always the go-between with my family, with my friends, like hearing everyone and being able to translate that in each person's language is something I think I'm pretty good at. Hmm. So when I approach a new job, whether it's a film, a TV show, a commercial, um, I'm listening to the director, the producer, the writer, trying to hone in on how they're envisioning this in their heads. And then my job is to make that a physical being that everyone can agree on. Right, yeah. So that's why I love casting and one of my favorite parts about it. Um, there, yeah, there sounds like an art. There great. must be a huge art to that. Because mm-hmm. even, even like us being on set and like, I mean, we have a touch of knowing what it's like to like have like the writer so like wanting someone so specifically and then like the director wanting someone else so specifically and then like us having a preference and it, gosh that must be hard on a daily basis to like find that happy person in the middle yeah. or it... something that's totally off base i'm like hey, right. how about this, this person right it's like oh i didn't think of that is right. it hard to separate yourself from the fact that you're like i found these people but the director like maybe doesn't enjoy someone you picked or something like is it easy for you to just separate them not liking someone you picked or do you kind of take it a little personally i think now since i've been doing it so long i don't take it personally um there are definitely times we brought in people who have now gone on to win emmys or oscars and we have that little i told you so right. in our head yeah. um but it's it's at the end of the day it's their project they're paying for it um, they hire me because they want my help, but I, f- 
I feel confident in all of the final options. Otherwise, I wouldn't be presenting them in the first place. So right. I never kind of feel bad or that they didn't like my idea because all of the options they're looking at were my idea. Got it. How often is it the person you think that's going to get it actually gets it? Mm, I'd say like 70, 75% of the time. And it depends on my relationship with whatever client it is. Sometimes, right, exactly. Sometimes they want complete say, but there are other clients who say, I love these three people. Who would you pick? Interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's so cool. And uh, as far as um, as far as the job goes, do people, like, would someone, if let's say someone out there listening to this is like, they want to cast a their short film, they have some money, they have some funding, whatever, how do they go about finding a casting director? Like, how do people just reach out to you? Do you find projects? Do projects find you? How does that work? It's a little bit of everything. Um, people will reach out to me with scripts, and if I like them, I'll have a further discussion. Um, I network, just like any other business person would, to meet directors and producers who I want to work with and have projects that they want to work with me on. So it's a, a little bit of everything. I'm just trying to like, you know, wrap my head around that world just so people who are listening can kind of like get a real feel for what it is you do. Um, So the other question I have then is if you do, let's say there's a project that you are working on and you do not quite agree or uh, don't see eye to eye with the director, how do you go about mediating that? Like, as a human, how do you go about mediating that situation of maybe you're completely butting heads with the director? I don't think that's ever happened with me. Okay. I think they wouldn't hire me if that was a possibility. I also think I'm a, because I'm such a mediator, it would take a very specific person to that I would butt heads, heads against. With, yeah. um, but I will tell clients when I say you're being unreasonable. But I do that because they've hired my expertise. So right, yes. if they're being unreasonable, I'll say you're being unreasonable and here's the reasons why. Wow. Um, but I don't think it's ever been a personality conflict in any way. And most of the time, I'm right. Well, I, and also, like that's what makes you so wonderful because pretty much what you're saying is that you never put yourself in a situation where someone's feeling that they need to be combative. Like You literally are so good at your job that you you are the middleman in the sense of like you completely are able to not take it personally and be like, this isn't about me clearly and completely keep your cool, keep your composure and kind of move on to the next stage. Yeah. They're hiring me to take something off their plate and to do something that I have an expertise in. So I'm only going to try to make the process easier for them Mm. um, and become a creative partner in the project. That is awesome. I feel like it's really just from someone who goes out for commercials, I think we all do here, yeah. but it's been exciting in the last couple of years to see commercials like take take different stances in terms of ethnicities and things. Like I, for the first time this year, I started to see like tons of interracial relationships in commercials. And I'm like, that's so great. I've seen gay relationships for the first time in the last couple of years. Yeah, that's so new. Yeah, just like people that look more like normal human beings, even at castings. I feel like, there used to, it used to feel like it was all models and now you walk in and it's like cool like this is a nice batch of normal looking people i really love that lately how does that change look to you from your perspective 
Well, that's one of the reasons I love commercials because it's trying to mimic real life. So there's room for everyone and it has opened up a lot in the past five, 10 years. Mm. Um, and for me, because it moves so quickly, like it's not unusual for me to get a call that morning for a cast day the next day and shooting a day or two later. That's the usual timeline. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it moves so quickly and I have to see so many people in that short time frame that for me, it's an amazing way to meet so many actors most of my work week. Right. So it's almost yeah. like pre-screens for the films and series that I work on. Right, exactly. But yeah, I love commercials because it is really, it moves quickly. So you, it's always new and exciting. And not only are you getting to work with these people as actors and work on direction and all of that, but it's about harnessing what makes them unique. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what I love. That yeah. comes from kind of my real people days. And I think you can feel that too in the room when you're going in for a casting director that's like just warm and like wants to celebrate you in terms of like opposed to someone who's just like over it, so over it. So oh, I yeah. think as it actors, it's something we really appreciate when we see somebody who's actually rooting for you, you know? Right. Does, and- your, does your theater background... Do you think that helps you, like, in the room? Do you... Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just, as I'd say mostly with film and TV auditions I do, but it really helps talk to actors, because I used to be one. So I know the language. I know what is clear direction and what is not. Um, so that definitely helps. Mm-hmm. And from my perspective, the more comfortable the actors are in the room, the better they're going to do. So I'm going to do everything in my power to make it a comfortable room for them. There will be crappy days where maybe I got an email that just totally messed up my session for the following day and I may be a little shorter than normal, but it never has to do with the actor in that room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's nice. That's nice to hear. Do you feel like when you're watching TV and you're watching movies and stuff, you're focused on the casting, or are you able to like shut your brain off and just like get lost in stories? Um, good question. I think it depends on the what I'm watching. Mm -hmm. I also think I watch a lot of true crime series um, (laughs) because of that, where it's kind of not work related and kind of a different. Have you seen Broadchurch? Just out of curiosity. I haven't. Ooh, Rachel. It is the best thing I've ever seen on Netflix. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a tall order. Have you you've seen it, right? Never. Oh my goodness. But Thomas watched the whole series. Oh Lord, it is It's not a Netflix so series. It's good. from it's a is BBC, nope. are they British? They're British, but Yeah, it's, it's a ne- BBC series. It's yeah, just it's they took Netflix. it onto Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. I think he watched it as it was riveting. happening as it was happening in the UK. Like he riveting. was watching it. Yeah, he loves it. He's obsessed with Broadchurch. <laughs> Just a little side note. Anyway. Um, so can know. we talk about a, a project you're passionate about? Because you've cast hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of things. Commercial, reality, TV, film, everything. So is there a project that you really that you loved casting and, and that really brings you joy? Um, there are a bunch. And it usually, people ask me, like, do you like comedies better? Do you like dramas? Do you like film? For me, it's really about the team I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Um but there's one that comes to mind that was called Stellar People, which was a digital web series, which I think might be coming out somewhere soon. But um, we'll look into that. Don't worry, we will fact check when Stellar <laughs> People is coming out, so y'all, so y'all will know. But thank, continue. Um, but it was this 
crazy, wacky script, and everyone involved was involved just because they loved this, and it was so off-kilter. And because of that, we got great cast. Now the cast all still keeps in touch. And it was just kind of a party from start to finish, and so wacky. I loved it. I love that. Yeah. And you, are you? Do you bring those people in for other stuff too? Just from working with them, you're like, I loved working with this person. Like, I'm gonna bring yeah. them in for more stuff. Yeah, of course. But truly, nothing is better than when you walk on a set. Were you on set for that one, or just I was the, yeah? But like when you're working in a room with people are nice and they're yeah. loving what they do, kind, the, the energy is like kind. infectious. Yeah, it's really, that's crazy. where you want to show up every day. Yeah. And it won a bunch of awards at a festival, so I got. The recognition it deserved, which That's awesome. That's nice. was good for such a strange, wacky project. Have you ever have you won any awards for your for your casting? I mean, that was one of the awards was um, best ensemble cast, best supporting awesome. actor. So yes, because like that. that's you. Yeah. That's you right there. Casting doesn't get many awards. I know, that's so crazy. Yeah. You guys need more awards for casting because you guys are the, you guys, you're the mediator again. <laughs> but you did win an award, right, for the Gillette commercial? So that was more the commercial winning awards, but right. I did cast that. Um, that's a really special project. Could we just talk about that for just like a second? Yeah, it's sad, but yeah. It is a little sad. Um, but uh, so... Rachel, well, you can talk about it. It's, it was for Gillette, uh, Gillette Razors, but... Um... Yeah, so Gillette, um, the razor brands, wanted to make a razor for third-party shaving, which means someone's shaving someone else. So mm-hmm. a caretaker shaving the person that they're caring for. Mm-hmm. It came to me when it was just a concept. They were, someone at Gillette or someone at the agency was like, this might be a good idea. It hasn't been done before. So they're like, okay, let's do just a small pitch commercial, see if there's any good response to it. So it came to me saying, we want to find a father who's caring for his father. And it was a tough search because they wanted to make sure it didn't, it wasn't too morbid because mm-hmm. a lot of people in that situation, it's a super sad situation. Right. Yeah. Um, and I only had I think two weeks to do it which is a yeah. short amount of time um did they want it to be real father real yes. son real father caring for real son caring for his father um so I found it it ends up being someone that Spear and I grew yeah, up a with mutual, a father of a mutual friend of ours yeah um and he, I mean rest in peace yeah. he just passed away which is so sad but he was just one of those the warmest people mm. you can meet like he was amazing he what just, an amazing experience to have a commercial with your son yeah mm. and shout out to christian rex and the rex family yes. but he was that kind of person that if you met him he just already assumed you were best friends mm. so there was no negativity in any interactions and yeah. his whole family is like that like they're amazing i babysat his i babysat his son um, and they were such an amazing family, even still, that yeah. whole family, they're amazing. So I'm sending them so much love. Um, we love you guys so yeah. much, but so yeah, that started as just like a concept pitch. Um, once, and the director Rudy Schwab was amazing and handled it with so much sensitivity and beauty and they showed it to the owner of Gillette and he started crying oh, when he saw it. My goodness. So because of that, they've this new razor is in production. I don't know if they've officially gotten it out there, but 
the it, they turned it into a commercial that you can view online and it won I think six Clio's and six Can Lions wow. which are kind of the main commercial That's awards and so like the Tonys or the Oscars or I don't know Golden Globes or the Grammys whatever y'all listen to or watch uh that's amazing. Yeah. Congrats on that. Thank you. And yeah. that's a great story that should be told. So why not? That's beautiful. Yeah. You know what other commercial I really love? Just, I just, just in general? Just, just talking about a commercial? Talk, talk that to Vegas me. commercial where the two women are getting married. And it's like so sweet. And she's like, no, we can't get married because my family's not here. And then she walks her in and like she flew down her whole family. And they're all oh, standing I don't know up. That and commercial. it's like, oh, you don't know it? No, you know, know it you know what's. <laughs> I don't know it, but you know what's so interesting that I think about commercials now is like we DVR so much now um, and watch things on Netflix that like to me it's it's seeing commercials is pretty rare to be honest. Well, if now I don't see them on my phone, yeah, and social media and on the airplanes and stuff. That's really my only outlet to seeing commercials now is social media, Instagram, like things like that. Like that's how I see my commercials because I skip everything on DVR. But that's where a lot of the money is going now to do commercials. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, like, note that, y'all. Note that. Um, amazing. So, we're going to, like, so you you work hard all week long. Like, you know, you do your thing. What is, like, the perfect, like, day off look like? What does Rachel do when she's, like, not casting people incessantly? I'm kind of curious how you would answer this question for About me. About you? Yeah. Well, let's what try you What do you, you think first. is my Okay, favorite. let's, first of all, you wake up in the morning and you see the sunlight and you're like, mm, 11 p.m. This feels so good. Because you don't get to do that 11 often. 11 p.m. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Yes, I'm a vampire. Yeah, sorry, 11 a.m. is not a vampire. You look over at your wonderful boyfriend uh, and he already has breakfast for you ready and prepared because he knows it's your day off. And he went to the corner store and got you a bacon, egg, and cheese. And you ate that bacon, egg, and cheese and you stayed in bed all day and you caught up on your shows and did nothing. That's what I think would be great. I'm going to take you. a guess. Yeah, I'm let's not all as take close a guess. as Rachel, but if I were to guess, I would say she likes to like go and explore the day and be outside and not like cooped up in an office. So she'll like do something like walk the Brooklyn Bridge or like go to the park with her boyfriend and like read a book at night and like chill and have some wine and just relax. What is, Willie, Willie D? <laughs> let's, let's, try, let's get What's Willie D guess? in on this. <laughs> Willie D has never met Rachel. Um, but what, what, in but he, yeah, like you tell you tell me on a day off. Let's see, just because you love podcasts, I feel like you would go you go somewhere outside. I think you get out of a space, but I feel like you kind of are a little more simple just because you are doing so much all at least if I'm projecting my life and what I wish I could do on a day off, <laughs> that you would do something pretty at like the Brooklyn Bridge, but it would be like sitting and listening to a podcast or sitting and just like being in a space. So now that we all okay. just projected right. projected our days off onto you, which one, which is yours? Well, question. Yeah. Is this like a f- Friday that I took off, or is this no, just, just like, like a weekend, weekend day that you're okay. like off? Like, what, um, what do you do? I'd say it can go in one of two directions. So, if I've had a crazy week, I would probably sleep till like nine. Eleven p.m. <laughs> <laughs> 9 a.m. Oh, got it, got it, got it. 9 um, probably watch like one TV show. Cool, cool, cool. In just, bed. To, just to get a little in. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe go work out. Mm, you're feeling it. Oh, yeah. none of us said that. None of us said work out. Sorry. I will say that's a new thing for me. I okay, just new. Got we're new. We're, we're beta testing working out. That's great. Um, 
then I would probably want to get outside if it's nice because my apartment is smaller than this room. Great. Mm. So both ditto, of you nailed ditto. it. Great. Yep. Um, and then it would be, I'd probably want to see friends and oysters. Oh, God, I love oysters. Mermaid Anne, have you been? Do you yeah. go? We're going to go. Yeah, I would love to get oysters. I also live near Chelsea Market, so... Mm. Walking around there if it's not crazy, which it usually is on the weekend, but I'm a big food person, so mm. something around friends, food, and then like a nice glass of wine. Or yeah, beer, you know, I forgot your like love that. of food. You have a huge love of food that stems all the way back to your family. Your mother is one of the best chefs. Ladies and gentlemen, let really? me tell you, I'm looking at you, Willie D. I'm looking at you, Maggie P. Rachel's mom is one of the best cooks I've ever experienced and like her kitchen is like her magical world like her workspace when you see her in there it, it's unbelievable did you ever try to get her on jobbed? um Beth who is the casting director on Chopped who's still one of my dearest friends every time she's over she's like Bonnie you wanna? <laughs> <laughs> my sister was almost on chop. My sister yeah, made it through preliminary. Really? Yeah, oh my sister God. was almost on chop. I think she like Which decided sister? to Christina? bow out. Yeah, Christina bowed out. Yeah, she bowed out. But yeah, she like almost did it. Yeah. She like it was very close. I think she like was excited that she might actually do it, but it yeah. didn't happen. But sh- shout out to my twin. Love her. Which I feel like I should do this on the air so my mother knows as proof. But our Passover seder is. Saturday, not this weekend, but next, yeah, if you'd so like to I'm come. I'm going to a wonderful music <laughs> festival called Coachella. Uh, yes. So I'll be at Coachella. I'm sorry. I love your family. <laughs> I've been to Passover Seder. It's amazing. It's like done right. Like you are a, a, a true blue Jew there, Rachel Reese. You guys do Passover right. Your family's That's the amazing. That's second one you've been invited to because Georgia's family too. Yeah, they invited me to Passover as well. Um, but her mother and your dad, your dad's a good cook, but your mom's like where it's at. My brother is a good cook. I'm the only one who doesn't really cook. I'm good when I do it. I just why do you think that is? Why don't um you just not pay as much attention or well it takes practice, doesn't it? Yeah, and I'm a flavors person, so I'm very much the person. If you're cooking and you say taste this, I'll say add this, add this, or like you look in the fridge and you're like, what should I make out of this? I'll say this, this, and this. Cool. But I don't. The time that goes into it, because I work so much, right. by the time I get home, I just want to yeah. You don't want to prep and go to sleep. For yeah, minutes. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. To then cook, to then wait. Yeah, no, I get that. To we then all, do dishes. Yeah, to right. then do dishes. To then do dishes. Yeah. And have, I don't have, have a dishwasher. Nope, no dishwasher. Me neither, girl. Me neither. I do. Me I do. Come use mine. Oh, guys, um, I don't know if you heard episode one. Mm-hmm. My life is pretty great. Um, no, it's it's. I'm very I'm very blessed, very happy to be here. But I do have a dishwasher, and I'm so sorry you don't. Cause it's, I and used one day, to, but I don't now, which is even I remember. Worse. <laughs> I remember that apartment with yes. the dishwasher. I used to as well, and it hurts. It does. It hurts worse. Yeah, you need uh, some more. I just love you so much. Um, but really, anyway. <laughs> anyway, we're going to move on. But yeah. I love Rachel so much, and we've been friends for so long, and I just, I just love her so much. You're so happy. I'm really happy. You're in your element of elements. Yes. Um, so another thing we did was we, we just talked to a few friends and we were like, hey, you know, we're going to have Rachel on the show. Are there any questions that you want us to ask? So there are a few questions. If you don't want to answer them, you don't have to. But we thought we'd spit them at you and see. I'm sure they're ones you've already heard. Um, so the first one was, what are some helpful don'ts for actors? Like things that like don't really help you in the room. Um, 
I'd say bringing whatever stress you experienced before you got to the audition into the room. Does that stress you out? Yeah, because we, myself and a lot the casting directors I work with, we try really hard to create a really safe, comfortable environment in that room. If you walk in there saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry, the subway was behind and blah, 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 blah. That stress has now entered the room and we all feel a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Right. We feel like we have to kind of do something to I'm make sorry. it safe. Yeah. And you don't you also don't know if the person next to me who looks younger than me is my intern or the director of the project. Right. So yes. keep all that stress outside the room. Mm-hmm. Does that include like, oh I'm sick? <laughs> like, yeah. Does that include that too? Okay, yeah. cool. If you sound bad enough that I think you're sick, I will ask you about it. Yeah. Good tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you typically see actors, do you uh, typically seek actors from, from certain agencies? So, are there times that I reach out to certain agencies? Yes, for sure. But I always like to say, if I was going to call the same 10 agencies, why would a director or producer hire me versus any of the other amazing casting directors in New York? So I'm always trying to look for new faces and bring in new exciting options. Um, and for a lot, most projects, I have the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. There are cases, especially in the commercial world, where it just moves so f- quickly. Hmm. And we might only have 10 slots for that role. If I put out a really good paying commercial on any of the breakdown services, in 20 minutes, I'm going to have 3,000 submissions. Wow. And I have to prep a session for either that afternoon or the day after. So I just don't have the time to do that. Um, right. And I mean, I assume like if I was a casting director and I knew that these six agencies always, their people were prepared, their people were talented. They were the way that, you know, presentable looking, like, I think I would do the same thing. Um, but I think that's like, that was actually a common question. Like four people asked us that it's like, is it the same four agencies sort of that pop out in your mind and then after that it's like a trickle down not really it's not even that we go to agents because we know that their talent are going to be prepared or look a certain way it's more because there are tons of agencies in new york that Mm -hmm. all have great people um so it's more i need a really great improviser i know that this agent makes a point to really seek those people out and has most of the people I'm looking for. Mm. So that's more of the situation where I would reach out to certain people. Um, but again, that being said, it's I don't want to stick to that. Mm-hmm. Um, it only makes me a better casting director to not do that. Right. So that. as I long as too, I cute. have the time and ability to not do that, I will try. But there will always be instances where yeah, you just I go for who you know, yeah. which is why you network in the first place. So right. you can know who these people are. That's yeah. great. That's amazing. Um, and then another one was like recently, and I've noticed this too, is that there's been a lot of non-union commercials happening and there's always been the non-union commercial, but it seems sort of more than ever. It's kind of becoming a thing. Is it something that has become an issue at the office? I mean, you guys do both. Um, are you noticing that you're doing more non-union now versus union? Yeah, I'd say it's skewed non-union. The reason for that is because most of advertising now is on the digital or 
social media, internet, on those venues, it's harder for the agency and the production company to predict the buyout. And how union commercials work is you know your buyout and therefore the actors get residuals and all of that. So it's oftentimes easier for producers to say, I don't even want to deal with that. I just want to give this amount of money to be able to do whatever I want with mm-hmm. with the yeah. project. That being said, I think in like a few weeks, there's a new SAG commercial contract coming out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we're hoping that, yeah, that makes a difference. there are some changes. Yeah. Awesome. I hope yeah. so too. Yeah. Because um, that would be... I do too. A few people asked us about that. Yeah. That was yeah. a big one as well. Um, awesome. So how often does the client choose the talent you would choose? We kind of talked about this. We kind of talked this. about that. Yeah. I'd say like 70, 75%. Yeah. So. Cool. Love that. Um, cool. Love that. We had so much fun. We are going to go into a little section we have called Winging, winging it. it. Winging it. They're just winging it. Winging it. They're just winging it. Where we kind of put you on the spot. Um, so if you're uncomfortable, it doesn't matter. We're going to do it anyway. Um, but we kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Just have fun with it. There's no one judging anything that you do except for me. Um, so we decided to do Would You Rather. Um, and we've really flipped it on its head. So we have a lot. They're going to come at you fast. If you don't want to answer one just or can't think of an answer, They're just say pass. They're not too deep. They're not too deep. They're really, it's super fun. My favorite is, I really like this first one. So, so Maggie's going to Maggie's gonna introduce... Would you rather? Here we go. Would you rather jump into a pool full of tacks naked once or have to sit through the musical Cats 14 times in a row? Cats 14 times in a row. Wow. Okay, good. Good, good, good. That's a terrible show. I'm so sorry for you. Um, Would you rather live one life that that lasts a thousand years or live 10 lives that last a hundred years each? One life that lasts the latter. The 10, 10 lives, lives 100 with 100. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's a good answer. I like that. Would you rather have an actor be 15 minutes late to an appointment, but totally prepared or five minutes early and completely unprepared? This is totally going to slow, slow this down, but I get that question all the time where it's like, would you rather us be early or late? I would rather you be on time. Um, but so it was five minutes earlier. Ten, and five, five minutes, minutes early and unprepared or 10 minutes Five late. minutes early because then... Get your ass prepared while you're sitting there for five minutes. <laughs> there you go. Don't be so unprepared. Uh, would you rather find true love or a suitcase with $2 million in it? True love. Aww, would you crazy. rather relive one day as a six-year-old or one as a 16-year-old? What was I doing at 16? How old were Me. <laughs> Reiterating that I did not turn him gay. Um, Didn't happen. Um... What grade was 16? I don't even know. 16 is sophomore. Sophomore sophomore into junior year. Um, And you're in May, so you're towards the end of... It's yeah. more of like visualizing the life. Would you rather like wake up one day and then like, experience like a life as a six-year-old or like wake up and like be a, teen. be a teenager? Probably a teenager. Cool. I think I would choose you that You can like control like, your body. Yeah, and I wish I could redo my makeup just one day. Just one day, like completely do my hair and makeup and look amazing and walk as into a school confidently. Yes, because the way I looked back then, I had no idea what I was doing. I looked terrible. My braces, I, my mom didn't know how to teach me makeup or anything. That's what I, I want to be six, personally. Just saying. Because we're I just dudes. Want not to worry. I just <laughs> want to be innocent. Sex? I just want to be like innocent, not worry about a thing, and just be like six years old, take a nap. I want to take a fucking nap. Would you still have the knowledge you have now? No, you'd be six. Okay. Because I was 
going to say, I teach myself how to deal with my curls. Oh, that would be a great lesson because those curls look great. Well, yeah, they came back a little bit. They did. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're making a comeback. Yeah. Uh, go. Okay, Maggie. would you rather cast Emma Stone or Rachel McAdams in a movie about your life? Oh. You get this one all the time, I know. I don't, oh, no, actually. Um, I mean, I, I think Rachel McAdams might be a better fit. I love okay. her. I don't think I'm as witty. As I mean, there's nothing Emma Stone, Stone can't do, but <laughs> Rachel McAdams is a fine choice. Um, would you rather... But it wouldn't be a rom-com. So, I don't... Yeah, I guess Rachel McAdams. Cool. She fine. should do something different. Mm-hmm. She should. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she should. She should. Um, would you rather fast for a day or eat Taco Bell for every meal? Fast for a day. Like a full day? Yeah. Okay, I mean, cool. you do that with Yom Kippur. That's, That's right. True. Would you rather be an actor or a food stylist for a day? Food stylist. Yes. Would you rather lose all your money and valuables or lose every photo you've ever taken? Oh my God. That was so sad. That's, t- that's tough, right? Yeah. Some of these are deeper than others. What valuables are we talking? Like lose like everything. Your wallet, Would you rather like, like your house burn down or like you lose like every photo you ever had, like ever on your phone? I guess photo. Okay. Would you rather all your shirts be two sizes too big or one size too small? <laughs> big. It's more comfy. Yeah. <laughs> we laughed so hard when we even thought of that one. We like laughed for too long. <laughs> um, so now we're going to change it to would you rather do? Okay. <laughs> Where we give you two people, and you have to say which one you'd rather do, okay? So, Matthew Matthew LeBlanc or Matt McConaughey? It's McConaughey. Tough. Okay. Ice Cube or Ice T? I don't know. Um, ice T? Okay. Ooh, Maggie, how do you feel about that? <laughs> I said when we came up with that, I said, if she says Ice T, I'm going to be shocked. <laughs> um, okay, Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks? Hanks. Chris Brown or Chris Tucker? Tucker. Chris Pine or Chris Hemsworth? Oh. Pine. Mm. J-Lo or Jennifer Aniston? J-Lo, which brings me to, I always have this conversation with men. I'm like, do you think J-Lo is more attractive or Selma Hayek? And 90% of guys say Selma Hayek. Really? When 90% of girls say J-Lo. Interesting. Interesting. What do you think, that Selma is... Hayek versus J-Lo? Um... I'm a J-Lo all the way. Yeah, I would say J-Lo. You? J-Lo. J-Lo. Yeah, I mean, she's okay. queen. She's Sarah, like Jess- Sarah Jessica Parker or Sarah Michelle Gellar? I guess Sarah Jessica Parker, though Buffy is fond in my heart. Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know. I, I thought that would be tough because you, you also have a fondness for Sex and the City, so it's like a little oh, bit, yeah. a little so love much. of both. I love it. Have you met them? Are they amazing? The Sex and the City ladies? Yeah. Um, I think I've met Cynthia Nixon, who's very nice. Yeah. Um, Maggie, her. have you met Cynthia Nixon? I have. I've met her at a grocery store. And how did that go for you? It didn't go great. <laughs> <laughs> I just had she, to. I was like, I, 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 I like did not, I couldn't speak. I was just, it was my very first day in New York. My very first day. And I saw her in the grocery store and I'm like the fan of all fans of Sex and the City. I'm going to like write a book of all the people I've seen on the street from Sex and the City and like how I've approached them and how it didn't go well. Or just listen to our podcast episode with Maggie and I. Oh, do I talk about it? Sure do. That's right. Yeah, and I, I went up to her and I was like, oh my God, I, I don't want to be annoying. It's like the last <laughs> thing I want to do, but I just want to tell you, like, I really love your work. And she like, she was like picking up an orange and like feeling if it was right. And she was just like, okay, thank you. Like she was not in the mood at all. But I mean, fakely nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I bothered her. 
it's fine. So that's the end of Wigging It. Before we before we like to close, we like to check in with Willie D. We like to see what he's, you know, his thoughts. He's been listening. He's been very quiet, but I wonderful. I have seen him taking some He notes. always takes <laughs> notes. He's a producer. He so takes he takes notes. notes. About um, the content, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and we like to check in with him at the end because sometimes he has very interesting questions and wonderful things to say. And, and here we go, Willie D. What's up? Mostly What's just that? to piggyback off of what you guys have already said. Cool. Um, so forgive me if I sat here looking like a stalker, just like looking at you. <laughs> but may I ask you a couple of things? Yeah. Um, to go back to... Where should I start? I have like five. That's okay. fine. Do it. Okay. I will um, only answer three. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Choose carefully. Said, I'm ready. She said pick three. I was like, I'm going to ask one in three questions. <laughs> um, well, we were talking about fears of like just being now, um, fears of what we're like, have, picking something now or picking something in the past. And I wondered as a casting director, as an actor, you have to dream big about the role you want to be in. But with a casting director, do you dream a lot about like what you see and what you find? Or is it more business when it comes to like, these are the people you know, this is who you're used to working, not who you're used to working with, but like when you reach out to these certain agencies, these are what they have and this is who I know is good for this. So do you still find the dream in all of the mediating? Because you're like a director, I feel like just dreams and like expects you to get it. And then, you know what I mean? Choreographers do this, but like, where is your creative outlet that you feel like you get I mean I definitely get it um I do approach a lot of it as business where it's about finding those things that they're looking for but also because they're looking for all different things my dream is how to put that all into one being or one person Mm -hmm. or that out of the box idea so when I first read I usually read a script two or three times if I'm going to take it on, at least obviously more than that, but initially. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first is kind of just the logical read of what am I looking for, but then it's who do I start visualizing in those, pe- in those places mm-hmm. and then having a conversation with each of the creative team members and then honing it in. And that's, it starts with the business side now mm-hmm. that I've honed in that vision who's a good fit, but then when I get some time to sit and think about it, it's bringing in those wild cards that may not be any of that, but are still interesting and creative. Yeah, so you kind of get to change your, not change your dream as you go, but you kind of, opposed to having a set vision, get to be the one to actually maybe like spice it up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Your flavors. Um, well, that kind of goes into my, your relationship with actors, because if you, there it is. Um, hi. If you, hi, too shy to talk into this thing. Um, if you get so many submissions sometimes, after you put, like you said, you can get like 3,000. How do you get a relationship with certain actors? Because I mean, we all, I've been going commercials more often now, and I think it's cool sometimes. I'm like, oh, the same person has brought me in multiple times. I didn't even, like with a dancer, it's easier to get in casting space because you're standing there for 30, 40 minutes. You know what I mean? But when you come in for a commercial audition, Very it's quick. like. Here's a side, here's a thing. And people can be so nice, but you're, you've got so much things going through your head. So how do you build that relationship with your actors? Um, how do I do it or how do I suggest actors do it? How do you suggest we do it? Um, well, keep in mind that a lot of commercial casting directors also cast film and series and all that like I do. Mm-hmm. So I am looking at even this seven-minute audition with you as what can you do, who are you, mm-hmm. Um, I do want to get to know you the same I would if you were in front of me for 40 minutes. So I think it's about approaching it how you would any business. Following up, I like to say, if there's news, 
um, a lot of people just be like, hey, the weather's great, huh? Yeah. But, and news. <laughs> really? And, <laughs> really, though? Oh, yeah. Wow. We, we get one person who leaves a voicemail every Sunday and will email us once a week in all caps in the subject line. Do I know who that person is? Yeah, for sure. But do I want that person on set with my client? No. Right. Yeah. So you are hurting yourself, girl. Yeah. Wow. Or a man. It could be a man. Person. Just girl, as in my <laughs> girl. Or you know, name. you have I've, just to specify, girl is like a whole being. Okay. You know? Yeah. He knows. Willie knows. I know. <laughs> I interviewed a girl. That didn't she actually specify said she gender. Knows, like, yeah. That, that was just girl. So okay. I think a lot of it's approaching it as you would a job and checking in with me. If you see that I've sent out a breakdown that you think you would be right for. Don't assume that I'm going to say, oh, my God, Spira would be great for this. Because I may be thinking that, but I might not have the time to call Spira and say, hey, I'm working on this job. Here's what it's about. Here's how much it's paying. Here's what's shooting. Are you okay with all of that? In the time that I did that, I could have scheduled 20 people. Yeah. Right. So a lot of it is approaching it as a business. So if you see I released a breakdown, shooting me an email saying, hey, Sorry that you're working on this. Sounds like a really cool project. I'd love to be considered if you think I'm right. right. Um, and keeping up with me that way. I just got a call back for this project. I just booked this project that I'd love for you to check out. Here's a link. That kind of stuff. Cool. And in the same respect, like without mentioning any names, but are there managers and agents that are particularly difficult to work with as well that are like, you know, hounding you or calling you constantly and it makes you be like, I'm not going to bring that those that person's client in because they're just annoying (coughs) i think it's less about hounding um i mean it's my job to have good relationships with all these people right so i think the only time it gets frustrating or it's someone that i don't want to work with as often is if they're not doing their job as well so like submitting people that aren't right that aren't right aren't available or i put them on first refusal and it doesn't happen stuff like that right or it's just not doing what they should be doing i get Mm -hmm. it yeah Yeah. and the last question was just what is your biggest challenge as a casting director because you did talk a lot of like you mediate so much and i you're confident and you your credits are legit so like you have a good handle on things but are there things that you're just like this is not something i expected out of casting um or maybe at the beginning of your career like maybe i'm sure now you kind of probably have hit it all yeah i mean one of the things that i like a lot about my career is i've been able to do a little bit of everything all genres i'd say for all of it it is kind of sad that i put so much time and energy into a project and then as soon as all the talents books it's like good luck yeah right and there's no control over what happens next Mm mm-hmm I'm a very controlling person. Do they typically <laughs> send you the, I, I, do they send you the projects or are they like here's here's the commercial, here's that one, or do you have to look it up and find it? Depends on the project. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I never even thought of that. Like yeah, I it's like either, it's really. like fostering dogs. Yeah. You like literally take them in, you care about these people, you give them everything they need and then they're like, Well, we're gonna let you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye though, you know, it's tough. That must be tough sometimes. Yeah. So I'd say that's a hard part of casting. Um, I mean, casting is a lot of logistics and for one day of auditions, I'm dealing with at least 20 people's schedules and even just think of getting friends together for a brunch. I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. 20 yeah. people, yeah. Yeah. And every, I'm sure you hand out appointments and it's just like constantly people like, can't do that time, need another time. Can you do it here? Can you do it there? And it's like, 
I'm just trying to get people in this room. Like, right. do you handle that? Like, mm-hmm. or does do you have an assistant that like will reschedule people like that, or you kind of take that on? I kind of do everything, um, whether it's putting formulating the breakdown, putting it out, choosing who comes in, running the session, picking the people to submit, dealing with the clients. I mean, we do it all. Wow, that's amazing. Hats off to you. Thanks. Hats off to you. Yeah, seriously. Um, Willie. No, that's amazing. Thank you. Well, Rachel, that brings us to our close. Um, I, I, you know what I love, though? I just love that we've talked to so many different people. Like I, Me too. It's just so cool to hear everyone's job and what they do every day and like how everyone's life is so different. It's just it's inspiring. Yeah, and I hope you listening out there, I mean, that's something we wanted to do. We want to uh, at least give people a glimpse into worlds that maybe they don't quite have, which is, I think, think one of the things I love about podcasts you kind of like are you kind of sit with these people in their lives. They're not worried about you seeing them because that doesn't matter. You could just hear their voice. They don't have to like no one had to get dressed for this. Though you look amazing, by the way. Thank Thanks. you for getting dressed for this. Um, you <laughs> just came from work. Yeah. Naked. Um, yeah. We're all just sitting here naked. If you didn't know, but it's it's just such an interesting aspect about pod, about podcasts, and I think it's like it's just such a human experience. It's just people yeah. sitting on the table. We're all looking at each other. We're all enjoying each other. I'm just imagining if I walked in and everyone naked. was naked after yeah. a full day of listening to a podcast about Nexium. I would oh have been like, goodness. what is happening? Oh my God, we should have prepped. With, we should have, we should but what if we were like serious? Like that? what if we didn't even acknowledge the fact yeah. that we were naked? What, yeah, would, would, you, what like? would you have done? Knowing me, Rachel Reese, if you walked in oh and we were goodness. all naked, would you, would you have been like, are you okay? I mean, what would you have done? <laughs> I was, it's so stupid. It's so happened. stupid. But I want an answer. If you walked I'm, in I'm and we were to all think naked, of like what I honestly do. Yes, be, <laughs> from the actor, approach it from the actor's point of view. Um, but we're sitting, so you can't see anything underneath. Like we're just sitting. Yeah, like, yes. You that's clothes, you walk in and we're all sitting here and we are wearing no clothes. <laughs> what what does Rachel do? We're like it's a, it's our twist. It's our way to make people feel comfortable. Yeah. It's silly. It's fun. You're like I probably would have said yes to the drink you offered. Yeah. <laughs> Great answer. There you go, Rachel. On that note, uh, we will let you go. Thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. Um, we've been friends for so long, and I'm, I'm we. It never fades. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Love XOXO, you. We're getting oysters. XOXO, the cool kids table. XOXO. Love you. Yeah.